What's up, guys? Welcome to the Engage JSU podcast. We are an on-campus ministry here at Jacksonville State University. We want to see God's kingdom come here at JSU as it is in heaven. All right, all right, all right. How y'all doing tonight? Man, I can't believe it's already Monday again. I'm super excited to be with you guys. Um, if you're new with us and you haven't been here before, uh, let me introduce myself. My name is Jesse. I'm the college pastor here. And so I really appreciate you spending your Monday night with us as we work our way through this series that Caroline mentioned a little bit earlier called When I Grow Up. And so really this, this one phrase is what this whole series is based upon. And it's when you have the wrong expectations, even success feels like failure. And so what we've been doing this entire series is talking about how we have these expectations today that determine how we see success tomorrow. Or we all have these expectations of what we want the future us to look like. And if these expectations are wrong, what that means is we can get further down in our lives and feel like we're failing when we're really not. And so what we've been doing in this series is just looking at how we can have the right definition of success by allowing Jesus to redefine success for us. And so tonight we're going to continue to do that. Tonight, we're going to continue to trek together and just continue to hang out and see how we can have a good understanding, a right expectation of what success is as we grow up. Sounds good? Awesome. So I want you to imagine that you get home from Gage tonight, getting ready for bed, and you get a call from one of your friends. And they say, hey, sorry to bother you real quick. I know it's 2019. Nobody calls, but... I want to say something to you. So I was going through my phone, and I found this picture of the two of us from spring break. We're on the beach in our bathing suits. And I hope you don't mind, but I just posted it. If I had to guess, you'd probably respond to your friend in one of two ways. Right, first, you'd be like, uh, did you tag me? Because I want to share this thing on my story so other people can see it too. Or you'd be like, did you tag me? Because if you did, I'm going to have to delete my Instagram. (laughs) Right? And so what this shows is when it comes to body image, which is what we're talking about tonight, we fall in one of two categories. Either we're proud of our body or we're embarrassed by it. And see, I've been at this game long enough that I've actually experienced both in my life. So the summer after my sophomore year of college, I went out to Oregon to work at a Young Life camp for three weeks. And as I was out there, I was walking down the road with another college guy who was working, and we were talking, I think we were talking about working out. Now, as I mentioned last week, I actually worked out a lot when I was in college. So as I'm having this conversation with this guy, this is the most physically fit I've ever been in my life. And so we're sitting there, and, you know, we're talking, and in the midst of this, he refers to me as being stocky. (laughs) Um, for, For some people, that might be offensive, right? But for the guy who grew up the skinny kid, I mean, I was like, let's go, come on, right? I mean, that meant so much for me. I loved it that that guy said that. Because I had never been referred to as being stocky in my life. It made me feel so good about myself. 
In fact, it made me feel so good that a little while later when we had uh, the day where all the camp counselors got to go, where all the people working at this camp got to go to the pool, I had a little too much swagger when I showed up there. Because I'm sitting at this pool, and these two girls are, are hanging out with me, um, and I know them. And so the time comes for me to take off my shirt and get in the pool. And as I'm sitting there, I'm so proud of the way that I look that, like, in my mind, I'm like, don't stare too hard, ladies. <laughs> now, of course, they didn't, but... <laughs> But that's how good I felt about myself. Man, I was so confident, right? I was so proud of the way that I looked. Man, I wanted people staring at me. All right, so remember that story. Now, fast forward eight years, 2017. I'm on the first beach trip that I've been in a long time. My first beach trip I've been on since I've been married and had a kid. And I'm hanging out in my parents' condo, and I'm putting on sunscreen before we go out to the beach. And one thing that's really weird about my parents' condo is there's this giant mirror that covers the entire wall in the dining room, this huge mirror. And so growing up as a kid, just naturally, we'd always see ourselves in this mirror, right? We'd look at it to see how tan we were getting, or we'd look at it to fix our hair before going out. So I had seen my reflection in this mirror hundreds of times. But this time, as I'm sitting there with my shirt off, putting on this sunscreen, I want to know who in the heck is this guy looking back at me? Because last time I was at this place looking at this mirror, my stomach wasn't bulging from my body. And my love handers weren't quite so lovely. (laughs) (laughs) And I always remember that trip because that was the first time that I realized how how much weight I'd gained since I got married. And so I very quickly became really embarrassed about how bad I looked, right? So self-conscious that I wanted to keep my shirt on so that nobody would stare at me. And so I've been in both places, right? So I know how everybody feels in this room, right? I know what it's like to walk by a mirror and look at yourself and be proud of the way that you look. And I know what it's like to avoid looking at the mirror because of all the body shame that you're wrestling with. I get it. But here's what's so interesting to me. See, even though these two perspectives on body image are completely different, why all of us in the room feel the way that we do is actually the same. So let me explain what I mean by that. So when it comes to body image, all of us in this room have the same goal, to feel good about how we look. We want to be confident and we want to be comfortable in our own skin. And then we want other people to look at us and think that we look as good as we think we do. That's what we all want. So guys, this is why body image is so important to you. Here it is. You want girls to want you. You want to walk out of a room and you want all the girls to look at each other and say, dang, did you see that guy? Man, I wish that I was with him. That's why guys go to the rec center and work out. That's why you, that's why you flex in the mirror when, when nobody's watching. Right? That's why you do it. Because you want girls to want you. And see, girls, you, you definitely want guys to notice you. 
I mean, this is what you really want and why body image is so important to you. You want other girls to envy you. When you walk out of a room, you want all the other girls to look at themselves and say, dang, she is so pretty. I wish that I was as beautiful as she is. See, girls, that's why it means so much to you when other girls compliment you, right? So much more than it does when a guy does it. Because you want other girls to envy you. And because we all want this, we put this pressure on ourselves to have good bodies. Because we believe if we get to a certain point physically, where we feel like we look good and everybody else feels like we look good, then we'll have that self-confidence that we so desperately want. But see, as we strive to get this self-confidence in our life, what's interesting is we actually have a voice in our society that is speaking to us. A voice that says you need to be confident in who you are, regardless of how you look. This is a great voice, isn't it? Because what this voice says is what kind of body type you have doesn't matter. What your percentage of body fat is, that doesn't matter. Instead, you need to love your body just as it is. And that's the voice that we constantly hear in our society. In fact, I heard this voice just this weekend when I was watching a new movie on Netflix called Tall Girl. Never, never guess what this movie is about, right? It's about this girl who feels really self-conscious because she's tall. And so, and so the entire movie, people is making fun of her. And, 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 but really what the purpose of the movie is, is to track this girl's journey. Where she gets to this point that she has to realize that she wants to go from being self-conscious to being self-confident. That she has to learn to love her tall self. She has to learn to love herself for who she is. All right, so we hear this voice and it sounds so good. And so we think that if we can just believe this, right, if we can just love ourselves for who we are, love our bodies just as they are, then we can finally get this confidence that we also want so desperately. But the problem is, oftentimes that mindset doesn't work. It doesn't give us this confidence that we want. Even though we hear it all the time. And here's why. Because even though we're told to love ourselves, what we see happening around us is that society is praising people who look really good. Our culture praises people who are really attractive, and therefore what we see and what we hear doesn't really match up. Because, see, the same voice that tells us that you need to love yourself regardless of how you look is also the same voice that tells us that we need to have a beach body that we need to be fit, that we need to be healthy. Because fitness right now is bigger than it's ever been in my entire life. Because of CrossFit and other things, fitness is huge right now. So fitness things are everywhere, which means fit people and pictures of fit people are everywhere. So even though we want to love ourselves for who we are, it's so hard to. Because the people who are getting thousands of likes on Instagram don't look like us. And so we want to listen to this voice, but it's so much easier to hear this other voice that says looks really do matter. 
And so we just go on this continual search for self-confidence, this continual search to just find a way to feel good about who we are. And as we go on this journey and we walk throughout this life, we find ourselves playing this constant comparison game. Constantly playing this game. And when it comes to body image, we're always comparing ourselves. And so one way we do this is that we compare ourselves to other people. Right? We see pictures of people and we compare how they look to how we look. We think, well, I mean, at least I've got bigger arms than that guy does. Or at least I'm not as heavy as she is. Right? Constantly comparing ourselves to other people. But what can even be worse is we find ourselves comparing us to us. Because we step on a scale and instantly we feel shame. Because compared to what we weighed in high school, we weigh a lot more now. Because, see, the problem with comparison and playing this game is really in the end we always lose. We always lose the comparison game. Because either it causes us to exalt our bodies, right, to find pride in our bodies, or it causes us to feel shame. And it causes us to despise the way that we look. So we can't win this game when we're comparing ourselves to others or comparing ourselves to us. Either we live in pride or we live in shame. And if you're like me in this room, you've lived in both. Because with body image, we constantly find ourselves living on this pendulum that swings back and forth. And sometimes we love ourselves, right? Sometimes we feel good. Sometimes we have pride. And then something happens and we swing back. And then we have shame and then we have regret and then we don't like who we are and we don't like how we look. So it's just this pendulum that swings back and forth in our lives between shame and pride. Now, let me tell you the reason why we feel this way. Let me tell you why body image is such a big deal to us. Because everything that we talked about so far, everything that we've done is pointing to something that is so true in our lives. So I'm going to tell you what it is, and then we're going to talk about it. Because this is why body image is such a big deal to you. And it's because we allow our body to form our identity. We allow our body to form our identity. Let's talk about what that means. What that means is that we associate our worth with how we look. So if we think we look good and other people think we look good, then we find ourselves as, as having a lot of worth. But if we think we look bad, then, then we feel like we don't have a lot of worth at all. And so that's why we, we go between these two extremes of pride and shame, because we put so much value in how we look. Right, the reason that you stress about the, your body, the reason that it keeps you up at night, and the reason that you obsess about it is because you think that your value is directly connected to how you look physically. You think that your value as a person is directly connected to how you look. And so you're finding your identity in your body. And so that's what we do. We allow our body to form our identity. And in a series that we're talking about, about the future us, this is why this is so important. 
Because even though we don't think about this a lot, this is often how we think. We think that one day when it comes to body image, when it comes to caring about the way that we look, we think that one day that we're just going to kind of move past that. That one day we're going to get to the point in our life that we don't care because we're going to have kids or we're going to get married or something's going to happen and we're not going to care as much about our body as we do now. We think when we grow up, we won't care anymore. But that is not the right expectation. Because I can sit here today and tell you guys that this doesn't, doesn't go away. In fact, I struggle more with body image now than I ever have in my life. And when I eat too much and I feel like my stomach is sticking out, I become so self-conscious. I'm constantly, I'm asking my wife, does this shirt make me, is this shirt too tight? Should I wear this shirt? Because I don't like what I see. Because I weigh less a year ago than I do now, when I eat desserts, I can easily feel shame. Thinking that I should be doing something different to look better. See, even this past week, I looked at a recent picture of myself, and the first thing that popped in my mind is that you are disgusting. And that you need to get to the gym right now. So even though we think that one day this is going to go away, even though we think that one day we're going to move past this, the reality is we won't. Because as long as we allow our body to form our identity, we will always care about how we look. And so if we want to stop allowing this to happen, both now and in our future, we need to do something. And so what I want us to do is look at Scripture to see what we need to do to stop this. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to look over at Genesis chapter 1. And so if you have your Bibles, feel free to open those up. Turn them on to Genesis chapter 1. We're just going to be looking at two verses today. We'll be looking at these verses and then seeing how they can help us understand the right definition of body image. The right understanding of body image both now and as we grow up. So Genesis chapter 1, we're going to look at the creation of the first man and the first woman. So let's begin reading in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. We'll read verse 26 and 27 together. It says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds and the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So it's the sixth day of creation, and God creates the first man and the first woman. And this is the first time in all of the creation, of everything that God has done, this is the first time he makes something in his image. And if you grew up in church, you get this, right? If you grew up in church, you've heard constantly that we are made in God's image. But the question is, what does that mean? Right? What does it mean that we are made in the image of God? Well, the word image that's used in this passage actually means for something to be like something else, but not the same as something else. And so what that means is if we are made in the image of God, it means that we are made to be like God. 
right, to reflect his nature. And there's so many different ways that we do this, so many different ways that we reflect God. Like God, for example, we're relational, right? Because God is one God who is three persons, he has always lived in a relationship with himself. I mean, how cool is that? God has always had a relationship with himself. And so like God, we're made to be relational, to have a relationship with other people. Like God, we're also emotional, right? We experience love, we experience peace, we experience compassion, right? All these different emotions that if you see, look at scripture, God experiences as well, right? And like God, we're spiritual, right? We were made with souls in order to live forever, right? We as individuals will always live, right? That's a spiritual part of us, right? That's who we are. That's how we're made in God's image. And we could go on and on. But that's just a couple of examples of what being made in the image of God means. It means that we're made to reflect God, that we're made to be like him. But let me tell you what's crazy about these verses. What's so crazy is even though we're made to reflect God in so many different ways, our bodies isn't one of them. Because scripture is very clear, God is spirit. He doesn't have a body like we do. And so even though we are made like God in so many ways, we are not made in his image physically. And here's what's also crazy about these verses and the different verses that follow that talk about the creation of Adam and Eve. Never once are we given a physical description of what they look like. Never once does God tell us what the first man and the first woman look like. Because God created them. In this moment, he could have used this as an opportunity to tell us what physical perfection looks like. And he could have said, all right, for all you guys, after this, let me tell you what you need to be in regards to weight, what you need to be in regards to body fat, right? What you need to be in regards to muscle tone. But God doesn't do that. So what this shows is even though we care so much about what we look like physically, God cares so much more about how we can reflect him in other ways. God cares so much more about what we look like spiritually and emotionally and relationally. But as this story continues on, and you get into chapter 2 and chapter 3 of Genesis, we see that something pretty unfortunate happens to this first woman and this first man. We see that eventually this serpent comes and he tempts them, and because of that, they choose to disobey God, to make a mistake, and to fall into sin. You see, when this happens, when Adam and Eve sin, In that moment, the image of God that we have inside of us becomes broken. We still have it, but it's broken. And so now we're no longer able to reflect God the way that we originally designed and created to do it. So we're still relational, right? But see, now we struggle to find meaningful relationships. right? Because of our insecurities, we push people away or people push us away. And so even though we can be surrounded by so many different people, we can still experience extreme times of loneliness. And see, even though we're emotional still, 
Now we use our emotions to lash out at people. Right? To hurt people who we love because of how we feel. And see, even though we're still spiritual, now instead of worshiping the God who created us, we choose to create idols in our hearts. Right? These idols that we look to to find our identity, that we look to to determine our worth. Idols like our body image. Because of sin coming into this world, we now do not reflect God the way that we're supposed to. Now we are broken images. But see, the story of us, the story of humans doesn't end in Genesis chapter 3. Instead, it continues. And even though we did something to mess up, God chooses to do something else to help us. See, he decides to take on human flesh. He decides to put on a body like ours and step into this world in order to fix what we broke. In order to go to a cross where he would die. See, Jesus takes on this human body in order to lay down this body. So as that we talked about last week, our spiritual failures and our sins wouldn't have to define us. And then after dying on a cross, three days later, he chooses to raise from the dead in order to do something else for us. To give us a new identity. Jesus goes to a cross so that we wouldn't have to be sinners who are living as broken images, but instead we could be those who could be saved and forgiven and redeemed. And what this means is so big for what we're talking about tonight. Because what this means is that your identity has already been formed. Your worth has already been determined. Because the cross tells us very clearly who we are. If you're a believer here tonight, the cross says you are a fully loved, fully accepted, and fully forgiven child of God. That is who you are tonight. That is your identity. And so what this means is that you don't have to use your body to determine your worth. You don't have to try to find an identity because Jesus has already given you one. Jesus has done everything possible tonight so that you can be a child of God. And so we don't have to compare ourselves to other people anymore. Because how we look isn't who we are. And we no longer have to walk around trying to find this self-confidence because God has already given it to us. All the confidence that we need is found in the fact that the God of the universe loves you and accepts you and forgives you and calls you his child. And Jesus goes to a cross and breaks his body so that your body doesn't have to decide who you are. 
your worth is found in who Jesus says that you are. That is your identity. And because this is who we are, because we don't have to find our worth in our bodies any longer, we can do something else. We can rest in the fact that we are given a new identity at the cross, and then we can pursue looking like Jesus. Because when Jesus came to fix what we broke, he came so that we could recapture the image of God the way that we were supposed to. So that we could live like God the way that he intended us to live. And so that's what we're called to do. We're called to pursue this relationship where we look more like Jesus. We look more like the images that God created us to be. So what this means is if you want to have the right definition of success when it comes to your body image, you can't forget who you are and who you reflect. You have to remember that it's more about looking like Jesus than it is about looking good. We have to remember that it's more about image than it is about body. Because see, our bodies are important, but the problem is we make them ultimate. The problem is we look at our bodies and we care too much about them. We care too much about the way we look. And when that happens, we allow our body to form our identity. So we live between shame and pride, right? We live in this constant pendulum going back and forth. So if we want to keep this from happening, what we have to do is we have to focus on Jesus. And we have to pursue looking like him. Because the reason reason that you were created was to reflect the image of God. And Jesus came because after we broke that image, he could restore it. And so that's what our purpose is. Our purpose is to go after God and to pursue him, to look more like Jesus. Not to find an identity, but because we already have one. Not to find worth, but because God in his goodness has already given us worth. Because he went to a cross to save us. So that's my challenge for all of us here tonight is to focus more on looking like Jesus and less on your body. Focus more on reflecting God and less on how you look. Because as long as you look for your body to find your identity, you will always be a slave to it. Because you can always work out more. You can always eat better. You can always do more to look better. But the beauty of the cross is that Jesus says, no, 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 I'm not going to let that define you. Instead, I am going to give you worth. I'm going to die for you. I'm going to give you an identity as a child of God. That is who you are. Rest in that. Find peace in that. And pursue me. So let's do that tonight. And so we're going to sing three more songs, and every single one of these songs is going to focus on us looking more like Jesus. It's going to focus on us living in this identity that God has already given us. And remembering that it's more about image than it is about body. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much.
that you are God who has given us worth, not because we're worthy, but because of your love. In your love, not only did you make us in your image, but also in your love, you chose to die for us. So that how we look wouldn't be ultimate, but instead you would be. And now what we're called to do is rest in the fact that we are forgiven and accepted and loved and that we are a child of God and that nobody can take that away. Nobody can get rid of that identity. Nobody can take away what you have given us. And so tonight, God, we want to rest in that. Tonight, God, we want to sit here and remember who we are in Jesus and everything that you did to make our purchase possible. So tonight, God, we want to simply to remember the cross. Tonight, God, we want to simply remember that you're the one who determines who we are. And so may we look more like you as we sing that we do. And in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.